You know, I'm gonna give you a history lesson. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. <laughs> start laughing! And when I do, start fucking. Also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass, too. Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You fucking guys are unbelievable. Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why Are You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today, I am pleased to introduce to you for our 100th episode, Norm MacDonald, me doing stand-up. One of the greatest comedy specials of all time. One of my favorites. And uh, I figure since we try to wedge Norm into every episode, for our 100th episode, might as well talk some Norm, you know? I'm also probably wrong. Uh, it's our 100th episode on YouTube uh, in the Why Are You Laughing section. But I'm sure someone will find an episode that we just mislabeled or isn't in there or something. So <laughs> feel free to correct me. But I'm pretty sure that this is uh, number 100. And, uh, you know, I think it's, first of all, it's kind of crazy that Norm didn't do a special until 2011. And I believe this is also the special that famously aired on Earth Day or, or, or you know, Green Day, whatever the hell it is. But some promotion where... Um, they, uh, apparently there was an hour, uh, of that day where even, you know, Comedy Central and NBC and all these other networks were promoting, Hey, shut your TV off for an hour on this, on this night, like, you know, as a way of conserving energy or whatever, that was the whole gimmick. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened to be the hour that me doing stand up was premiering on Comedy Central. <laughs> so not, not only were Comedy Central specials at a certain point uh, a terrible deal for comedians as far as getting eyeballs on their special, the network was actively promoting you shut off your television at that time. So <laughs> this isn't South Park. Turn it off. Yeah, so I, I should. I, and then now I'm thinking about it. I should have got a clip of him talking about it, but go look it up. It's pretty funny. Um, but first, before we get into it, I do want to tell you guys um, to go to blindmike.net if you wouldn't mind. If you want to support this show, uh, videos are always on YouTube. They come out a week early, as well as uh, bonus episodes. We have a couple bonus episodes every single month for. Uh, YouTube members and Patreon members. So if you want to subscribe to YouTube or Patreon, feel free to do that for bonus Why You Laughing content. Um, all the free links for this podcast, if you want to leave a five-star review, wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Uh, Blind Mike Project and Who Are These Socials links are there as well at blindmike.net. And like I said, uh, the link to the Patreon where... Uh, you can subscribe, become a supporter of this program. We would appreciate it. Uh, so go to blindmike.net for all of that good stuff, if you wouldn't mind. And uh, let's get into it. So this is a special, like I said, filmed in 2011 for Comedy Central in San Francisco. I suspect that Norm purposely chose San Francisco based on um, one of his bits that he has in here. A thousand percent. <laughs> which uh, we'll get to later. But let's just start it off, right? That uh, he also uh, he chooses. I love the music he chose. I didn't include it because I figured we'd get taken off of YouTube or something. Mm -hmm. um, but I do. I, the The music felt very norm. Like if you've read his uh, book or anything, or particularly more if you so if you've listened to his book, the music he chose really fits Norm's vibe. I feel like. But um, let's start. Let's get into it. Me doing stand up. It's good to be alive. You know what I mean. That's what I said. I'm sorry, I should have prefaced it with this. I forget in hindsight how dark this starts. 
This whole thing's dark. <laughs> the first like 20 <laughs> minutes. It's all, I mean, obviously, you know, he, he did, had another 10 years on this earth, but uh, now knowing what we know, it's all, it's very sad to start a special like this, but he pulls it off uh, in a way that only Norm can. It's good to be alive. You know what I mean? Isn't it? That's what I said. That's what I like. That, I find that to be the goodest thing there is. <laughs> To be alive. And uh, the reason it's so good is because it's so bad to be dead. <laughs> it's not like life so fucking great, but <laughs> compared to being smothered in earth. So <laughs> I'm just every day I'm happy. Not, that's my goal in life is not to die. Everybody need a goal. And so that's my New Year's resolution every year. I go, I'm not going to die. <laughs> I think actually scientists should kind of look into that whole death thing because uh, they seem to focus on diseases. And, uh, you know, I don't give a fuck about them because, you know, the guy go, hey, you got, uh, we fixed your uh, arthritis. And they go, I'm still going to die? They go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very rare I think if there was a you know a, a textbook on comedy the first thing it would say is don't start with death and just the concept of living and just the the unbearable sadness that's death and getting older and inesca the inescapable feel of it I would assume anyone uh, that's that's watched comedy or been around comedy or anything would say yeah definitely don't start with that topic but Norm has such an ability, you know, I think there's a couple different schools. They, like a guy like, you know, Kinnison, like someone who's like truly, Bill Hicks could have started with death because that's their vibe. Norm's the opposite of them in the sense that he has such a, like a, a charm to him that you don't even realize he's talking about death. Like right. coming out of his voice, it seems like such a fun, silly topic kind of. Because he has that casual, very casual delivery, like kind of just a matter of fact thing where what he's saying is so ultimately sad. Yeah. But you don't feel that watching it. Like we analyzing it will break that down. But I never felt it just listening to the, the or watching the special. Yeah. When he talks like that, it's it's almost like he's talking about going to his in-laws, but it's not. not right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, um, what's interesting about the start of this special is like, I think after Norm died and the way Norm died with basically hiding cancer from the public um, where he was diagnosed years earlier and had you know battle with cancer. Um, I think a lot of people thought like, Oh, he must've found out now this feels too early. I don't think he knew when this special was filmed and certainly not when he started working on it in right. 2011. Cause I think, I think they said he had it for nine years. Which something. is pretty close by the way. Yeah, I, I think it was... This special came out 10 years before he died. Right, so. so I mean, he probably had the material for 15... Well, that's the thing, is yeah, he would have had to start working on the material for at least a year before that, I would think. So, um, that's where it doesn't quite line up, It is, but it is uh, uh, oddly kismet, I guess. Ominous. That, you know, yeah, in hindsight, looking at, at what he's opening this special with. Um, but the other interesting thing is, like, Norm was a, a big name in comedy for a long time. 
And I don't even know. I bet you there were a lot of people that didn't know Norm was a stand-up. You know what I mean? You know him from Saturday Night Live. You know him from Dirty Work. He had the television show on ABC. Um, he had all these other things, a bunch of movie appearances and stuff like that. But, like, his stand-up wasn't out there, really. No. You know, he was kind of so in the mainstream in some some semblance that I bet there are a lot of people that would see him in things and be like, oh, I like that guy and not necessarily know he was a stand-up because he didn't put anything out in stand-up. Until, I mean, obviously, if you're a comedy fan, you knew he was a stand-up. But I'm talking about people that saw him in, like, Billy Madison or whatever would be like, yeah, I know that guy, but I don't know what he's best at, you know? Right. I, I oh, did in, in a very different way, in a very different way, but like Rogan in the sense where you could know Rogan from 5 million different things, but odds are one of them isn't stand up, you know? Right. Cause I knew Norm Macdonald from Saturday Night Live. So I didn't know he actually did stand up for a long time. Right. And yeah, he didn't put any material out in 2011, which is pretty rare. Uh, I mean, especially now. Um, but and then after this, of course, he had Hitler's Dog on Netflix, which was great. I think if he was still around, he would have put out more material. So he seemed more open to uh, putting things out there. But you do, you can tell there are some things in this special that clearly ha- he had been working on uh, for years based on like talk show appearances, like mentioning things in talk show appearances and uh, you know, radio appearances and stuff like that. So. Uh, by the way, this might be a long one. I have a lot of clips <laughs> and it was hard to cut some down to like a minute. <laughs> right. So we have a lot. So buckle in. This is going to be one of those where anyone uh, newer to the podcast. Um, oh, we haven't gotten this comment the last few we've done. I think people kind of get it now. But it was always funny to see comments like they spent an hour and a half on a 49 minute special. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's. <laughs> It's what we do, I guess. I mean, it's it's literally my top t- in my top two of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm down to just watch it. <laughs> all right, let's keep. Let's hear some more about death. There you go. I hope a terrorist does not attack and kill me. I hope that doesn't happen. You know, I was afraid of that. But you think about it, what's the odds <laughs> that a terrorist will attack and kill you? You know, almost zero. You know, but what are the odds that you will be attacked and killed by your own heart? <laughs> hundred percent, you know, I think. <laughs> I think Norm's such a guy too, where his cadence and delivery and his voice are so, if you wrote that down, if someone wrote that down for you and you read it, you wouldn't be able to make it funny necessarily. It's kind of just a fact. <laughs> you would be like, why would you try this? <laughs> but you're like, yeah, I guess that's true. Huh? <laughs> but Norm's delivery is so fucking funny. Like that's, that's what he has. That's, I think unlearnable. Like Norm has some qualities that are unlearnable and that I've never really seen like duplicated in comedy. You know, there's a lot of guys that are very successful that are clearly influenced by someone and you can see people that are influenced by Norm, but there's no one that you could say is a direct ripoff of Norm because I think it's almost impossible to do. A thousand percent. Uh, All right, what's next? More about death, uh, dying in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is again uh, a very good observation. Norm's one of these guys that he he dabbles in a few genres of you can't pin him down like where Seinfeld's an observational comedian. Norm will have like these kind of long drawn out stories and also like quick observations like this. When something like that happens, people just try to make you feel better. They'll say anything, you know. One guy said to me, "Don't worry, Norm. He died in his sleep. He didn't feel a thing." 
And I was like, really? When his heart attacked and killed him, he didn't... Because I wake up like if my cat walks across my belly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Was that sound asleep? <laughs> One guy said he's in a better place. I said he's on the floor. <laughs> Dead. Earlier he was alive on the bed. Now, with that Tempur-Pedic pillar I bought him for Christmas. I'm, I'm no physician, but I think that's the better place over there. It's funny too because you can tell uh, throughout the years you could tell that Norm has some sort of religion in his life. Oh, definitely, or at least when he was younger. Yeah, like the, like there's some religious influence in him. Yet that is very clearly like an atheist type thought to be like he's in a better place. He's on the floor. <laughs> but I think it's such a because that's always said is always in a better place now, or even more so like. At least you went peacefully, or that's the way to go. You want to go in your sleep. And I've said that and thought that a, a million times. And then just simply saying, like, really? Because I wake up when my cat walks across my belly. <laughs> it's said in such a succinct way and also such a silly, using the word belly and right. having a kitty walk across it like that, that puts it in perspective of like, uh, yeah, yeah, it probably uh, startles you awake at the very least. <laughs> and just so, well, it's early enough on, uh, if people are about to complain that there's no video for this, yeah, uh, we could not find it. And when we did find it, it was unrippable. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't find it in a way that YouTube would allow. So we bowed down to you yet again, YouTube. You're, <laughs> you're 100 to 1 against us. Because unfortunately, his facial expressions add so much to these already funny things. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing is, uh, you know, if you haven't watched me doing stand-up, if this is a spoiler for you, go watch the fucking special, for God's sake. Seriously. And come back and hear our analysis, if you'd like. Um, more on the subject. Uh, this All is right. <laughs> battling cancer. This is, you might think, like, boy, you're really focused on the death part. I tried not to. This is the first, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just dark in different ways throughout the whole thing. It's just delightful. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Bert, he's my great uncle, but we call him Uncle Bert. He got bowel cancer now. He's uh, he's dying cancer. of it, you know. And uh, or like uh, some people like to say, now they see in the old days a man could just get sick and die, you know. Now they have to wage a battle. <laughs> so, so my uncle Bert is waging a a courageous battle. <laughs> Which I've seen because I go and visit him, and this is the battle. He's lying in a hospital bed <laughs> with a thing in his arm watching Matlock on the TV. <laughs> Such a perfect observation. Yes. <laughs> We've like formulated this like horseshit around having cancer. And it's really like, ah, oh, you're just getting sick and dying. <laughs> and and Matlock Matlock might be the funniest show he could have said there. That was one of his go-to references I've noticed. Because yeah. he loved uh on Norm McDonald Live, he would always call uh uh what's his name that plays <laughs> he would call him Ben Matlock. Andy Griffith. Oh yeah, yeah. He would call. He would go. Uh, yeah, I ran into Ben Matlock the other day. <laughs> but yeah, it's such a uh, and like you know I I like I said we're thinking of it as a dark special now because Norm died of cancer, so it's hard to not hear him talking about you know, waging a battle with cancer and dying and all this stuff and think like oh how sad. 
but when you watch this special, you weren't like, oh, this is a dark special because Norm has that ability. You know, there are a lot of specials that you could watch and say, hey, that's really funny, but it was also very dark. But like, I would show my parents this special. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I wouldn't have a problem showing people this special and being like, oh, you'll love it. Just a general, you know, non-comedy fan, whoever, uh, showing them this and being sure they'll find it funny. A thousand percent. Um, and uh, this is a thousand percent today with this guy. I like his. You're, you're just you're just nailing it. <laughs> you nail it. It's like uh, it's like the the Gaffigan Regan effect. You know, like anyone can any aged person can listen to it and find it funny. Well, that's what's interesting about Norm, though, because he's a dirty guy. Right, but he doesn't... And yet he's still got... That's what I'm talking about with that charm. And, like, Conan would always talk about the look in his eye when he was doing a bit. Like, there was something that just sucked you in, where you're like, oh, this is, there's an innocence right. to him. Right, because he also doesn't cuss that much. Right. It's just the But stuff. when he does, it's, like, perfectly timed. Exactly. But that was always the point of... Um, even Gaffigan kind of started doing it. You'd say, like, shit and stuff now, but... He would he would use it like a, like a rated R movie or a PG thirteen movie like you'd use it once, and, right? And you're like, oh, he swore. <laughs> well, I remember with Seinfeld the big thing like, oh, he says damn on stage. <laughs> wow, you know, like that would like he'd almost suck you in with that because you're like, oh, he never says that. Exactly. Um, uh, here's more on the battle. <laughs> okay. And the reason I don't like it is because in the old days they go, hey, that old man died. Now they go, hey, he he lost his battle. <laughs> That's no way to end your life, you know. What a loser that guy was. <laughs> Last thing he did was lose. <laughs> he was waging a brave battle, but at the end, I guess he got kind of cowardly with what happened. <laughs> and then the bowel cancer, it got brave. You got to give it to the bowel cancer. You know, they were in a battle. And then, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure if the cancer dies, I mean, if you die, the cancer also dies at exactly the same time. So that, to me, is not a loss. That's a draw. That's a... You know, <laughs> it's not like fucking... The cancer's going to jump up and go, ah, I'm fucking Uncle Bert's wife. <laughs> I won fair and square. This where he works? <laughs> this where he works. The cancer's looking around for vengeance. <laughs> but uh, it's so perfect. The idea that you have to tip your hat to the bowel cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Norm, he, he didn't lose a battle to cancer. He fought it to a draw. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's how he should, he, he should be remembered. Yeah, and uh, next uh, we're moving on to, I think, my favorite chunk of the special when he's talking about the news and uh, into this, the other part. Well, there, there's a part in here that it's like, wow, that is a perfect observation. It, it's so true as to what happened. I think it's a funny thing because everyone would agree with it and yet we do nothing about it. We just kind of continue <laughs> down that trajectory. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he nails, you know, uh, how news has evolved from, you know, local news to 24 hour cable. Seems like there's too much news, like, you know, because now they have 24-hour news. Now, when I was a young boy, the news was half a hour. That was the whole news, you know. And a guy would come on, and he'd have a tie, you know, and shit, and he would say the news. And it was a half a hour long. Now, it's 24 hours long. Now, it turns out that back in the old days, when it was only half a hour, they had it about right. That's about all the news there is. <laughs> 
Even then, there would always be like a story, some fucking story at the end about a caribou or some horse shit. So there wasn't even enough to fill the half hour. <laughs> There's a couple of things that Norm does that I've always wanted, like, is that just how he talks? Is it a Canadian thing? Or like, is he purposely doing that? Because he does it every single time. And it's things like half a hour. <laughs> so it's a I, weird way to say that. I almost think it's a Canadian thing because Tom Green does the same thing. Oh, does he? Kind of, yeah. Because he, he also says, like, we've already heard another one in the special where he goes, on the TV. Yeah. He has, he has a lot of little things like that where I'm like, is he doing that for comedic effect or is that just how he talks? Tom Green always, always, always says buttons. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> that one I've noticed for sure with Tom Green. Yeah. But, um, undercutters. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Yes. but isn't that, that isn't that such a perfect observation that somehow back in the day they fit all the news in a half an hour? There was never a day where they're like, guys, we're gonna Kennedy was assassinated, and they were like, we're well, you know, we're done in a half an hour. That's, <laughs> that's what the news is today, right? You know, exactly. I know they were on longer when Kennedy was shot, but yeah, just go with my analogy. <laughs> we get it. Um, <laughs> but that is, and, it, and it's such a, like a greater observation based on like what the news is now where you're they're filling time constantly. And just saying that the news used to fit into half an hour is such a perfect encapsulation of that, like a perfect way of making that point. And then he gets into some things that the news cover a lot of. Which I think is what we're... Are we getting into Janice right now? Yeah, this is some of my favorite stand-up of anything ever. Some of my favorite. And it killed me. Some of these clips are longer than we usually have. And that's because this is like a 13-minute bit that it killed me to have to cut any out of. It's it's a perfect bit. Yeah. One I noticed that they make up a lot. Uh, This is the latest one I've seen. I see this all the time on the news. The newsman will come on. He'll go, he'll go, good evening, everybody. This is the newsman. Whatever he says. He's not going to say that. (laughs) Our top story tonight, a lady has vanished. (laughs) That's the story. And then he goes, let's go outside where there's another guy. So then they cut to outside. (laughs) And then there's a guy outside and he's like, hey, listen, how's it going inside? Outside, and uh, we found out about this lady that vanished. Her name was Janice, and uh, they found her car here in the Taco Bell parking lot. And uh, don't worry about the car, it's fine. But uh, <laughs> can't find hiding her hair of the lady. <laughs> well, back to you. <laughs> so, so then you're watching, you go, Well, I don't give a fuck on account I never knew Janice in the first place. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm kind of happy it's Janice and not somebody I know. <laughs> Perfect. But then what they do is they start telling you about Janice, you know? And they go, hey, we got found out some cool things about Janice. And you're like, no, that's cool. I don't want to hear it. They go, no, no, you want to hear it. <laughs> they can't help themselves. So they go, let's go back to Bill. He's, uh, he's uh, still outside. And uh, how's it going, Bill? And Bill's like, it's all right. It's no inside, but it's cool. And, uh, <laughs> anyways, we found out about Janice. Turns out she's a good lady. And uh, we found some friends of hers, and here they are. And then, sure enough, they show a lady, and it says, friend of Janice. And uh, she says, I'll tell you something about Janice. You want to hear about Janice? 
Janice is a type of lady that you could always turn to. You know, you ever want to turn to somebody? Like if you got a problem or something, and you you feel like you want to turn? (laughs) Ever do that? Or maybe your neck just hurts and you want to anyways. The point of it is that once you swiveled your head over this way, (laughs) the person you'd most want to see in your eyeline would be Janice. All the way down to his delivery of the name Janice. Yeah. <laughs> Would be Janice. <laughs> but can I tell you, the one thing I noticed there is um, well, the, just the, the you know banter between the two newsmen where he's like, hey, how's it going inside? I'm outside. <laughs> that felt very, I, you know, I'd have to go back and watch some older SNLs to know, like maybe Norm was just fitting what SNL did. But that to me felt very like, SNL was kind of doing that even after Norm left, which is weird to me considering like Norm never fit into a lot of the sketches. Like some of the sketches he was in were great, but he was known more for Weekend Update. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of like, and sketches in general felt very normal. Like what that was right there, it feels like a lot of people kind of ripped that tone off over the years. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then he starts talking about Janice, which is such a great, it's so funny and so true that, you know, over the years, it's like, if they just reported like, hey, a lady's missing in Iowa, we'd all be like, well, whatever. Hey, who cares? And then the news is like, well, she's hot <laughs> and also really cool. You guys would like her. <laughs> and we're all like, oh, shit. And they captures the nation. And there's documentaries made about her and all that shit. And that's what he encapsulated with Janice. And he, like, it's a much longer bit. He talks more about how they dive into, you know, Janice's personality. And they're like, and then they'll tell you uh, she lights up a room. And uh, she doesn't even have, like, a candle or anything. She just... Just through sheer tyranny of will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which he's another guy. The guy I always cite with this is Gary Gullman. Cause I think he's probably the best at it. Yeah. But Norm's right in that same league of, uh, the language he uses, the, the, the depth of vocabulary that he has is, is part of what makes him great. Yeah. Every single word he says is on purpose. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. Nothing casual. It's all calculated. But uh, here he is. Uh, we're still on. We're on Janice for a little while here, people. Uh, yes. This is uh, searching the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never want to be in the woods. All you can do is turn on the TV and hope and, you know, and then one day, you know. Yeah, by the way, he at this point in the news broadcast, he's fallen in love with Janice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> All you can do is turn on the TV and hope and, you know, and then one day, you know, they go, hey, more news on Janice. There's the Bill. He's still outside. And then Bill is like outside and he's like, here we are. Uh, where, as you can see behind me, they are scouring the woods. They're still searching for Janice, you know, and then. You go, oh, fuck, not the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing good ever happens in the woods. I've seen enough of these fucking stories to know that Janice ain't coming bounding out of the woods anytime soon. She's like, hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm just taking a stroll through the woods. (laughs) What are you taking my picture for? Just, just, I just had to stroll through the scraggly woods. 
Now, if they find you in the woods, they always find you in the same place. Every time, they will find you in a uh, shallow grave. (laughs) I don't know why they don't just look there in the first place. (laughs) It's funny, too, because it is kind of sick in these cases where we all get wrapped up. They're like... Eh, still missing. Who knows? Hold out hope. And like, we almost convinced the families. <laughs> like, yeah, we just hey, maybe she's still out there. Like, it's a psychotic thing we do every time one of these stories pops we, up. We just did this with that uh, Titanic submarine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, we heard banging. Yeah, hey, it's, who knows? We heard banging. <laughs> They're probably stuck in the propeller. We heard banging. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this is more on All the right, show. We have, a, we have a cap on this uh, Janice story. Um. Uh, yeah, more shallow grave. <laughs> okay. Doesn't shallow grave seem a mite rash? You know, like these serial killers are supposed to be so shrewd and cunning and everything, you know? At least according to the TV movies I've seen. And, uh, but then when it comes time for the grave, they get a little hasty, you know? They're like, there you go, three twigs and a leaf. That ought to do it. <laughs> doesn't look like Janice anymore. <laughs> don't recall Janice ever wearing three leaves and a twig. Oh, well. Guess I'll come home and await the authorities now. <laughs> What's funny, too, is like, while Norm is kind of mocking the news for doing this, we you almost feel like you know Janice by the end of this business. Right. <laughs> Poor lady. Like, I like, is she going to be alive? I like Janice. She's just as good as he described. <laughs> Yeah. So Norm is uh, explaining that that's uh, you know very silly and very hasty to bury someone in a shallow grave, and then kind of gets into you know if he were he- you know gun to his head if he was put in that position how he would go about it. Right. You know what I would do, and I would never ever kill a lady in cold blood. <laughs> I say that now. I don't really know. I can't predict the future, but I don't believe. I I know there's no river long enough doesn't contain a bend, but I believe. (laughs) It might just be vanity. I don't think I would. That's the the charm of Norm that he's literally saying, like, I mean, I could kill a woman, I guess. (laughs) But, like, the audience is loving it. Like, that's that's the beauty of his delivery. Right now. Just be vanity. I don't think I would. Uh, I would kill a woman in cold blood. But if I did, I would plan it out very carefully. You know, because there's a lot at stake. You know, you think about it. You probably, you know, probably lose your job. I don't know what happens. <laughs> That's a blemish on the old CV. You know. Even in today's enlightened society. There remains a stigma to being a uh, psychosexual sadist. <laughs> that's very, uh, that's like a weekend update type of punchline. Like right. if you watch any of his old weekend updates, uh, you can tell that that writing, that's what that writing was right there. Oh yeah. Uh, next we have another personal favorite part of my, uh, for me is the kidnapping itself. <laughs> oh yeah, we're not out of this bit yet, folks. <laughs> no, no, we now, now we have part of his plotting, and this is also, this is very lengthy. He goes in detail of exactly how he would go about this. If he, if he were the one taking Janice, abducting Janice. 
What I would do is I would like I would look at the lady, I would select a lady, and then I would follow her habits. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> like I would watch her very carefully, you know. I go, hey, I notice that every day she goes to that cheese sandwich shop, and then she comes out with a little paper bag. I bet you anything there's a cheese sandwiches in there. <laughs> you know? So I keep that in my head. You understand? I'd say, hey, I notice every Wednesday evening she goes with her other lady friends and they go down to the YWCA and they play basketball with each other, which is fine nowadays. You know? <laughs> so what I would do is on Wednesday I would go down to the YWCA and what would I be uh, holding in my right hand in the parking lot but a cheese sandwich? <laughs> So then she would eventually come out of the YWCA, you know, all sweaty with her, uh, you know, her ridiculous three-colored ball and everything there, you know. And <laughs> I'd be standing there. And then she'd go, hey, what's in your right hand? And I'd go, nothing. I'd be coy, you know. And she'd go, she'd go there's something in your right hand. I'd go, listen, lady, who knows more about what's in their right hand? You or me? I believe, oh, this. <laughs> It's just a cheese sandwich. Why, you like it or something? What's... I got a whole fucking van full of them over there. Right over there. Yeah, yeah the, that craziest looking fucking van you ever saw? It's filled with cheese sandwiches. You don't have to have cheese sandwiches in the van, by the way. <laughs> uh, uh, he also notes, unless you want to be known for your detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, for whatever reason, I mean, I, for whatever reason, it's because it's Norm writing it, but mm-hmm. that felt very uh, dirty work to me. Like I mentioned oh, yeah. how the last joke reminded me of his Weekend Update stuff. That felt very dirty work. Like just thinking of like the hookers in the trunk and all that type of shit. Right. Like his the detail that he went into and just the the silliness of it while talking about what would otherwise be such a serious situation mm-hmm. like uh that's what made dirty work great and why you know i kind of wish maybe because it was at a time we were going away from movies like that and gen- or being popular in theaters i guess but like i feel like a, if norm wrote a few movies i think he had a few dumb, silly, dirty work type movies in him. Um, Like, I'm surprised he, because that was such a cult classic, I'm surprised he didn't get another crack at it. I know we talked about, like, uh, at the end of Norm's life, him and Saget were working on a sequel to Dirty Work, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think would have been tough to pull off. Definitely. But but, uh, I just mean in general, like, other plots outside of Dirty Work. I'm surprised there weren't more. Or even, like, a sketch show. I kind of wish Norm had... He had all these things like a sports show on comedy central and uh, like all these things that didn't quite work on television when he seems like such a creative guy. Like I'm amazed that nothing really got off the ground in the way that it should have for him. But next we we move on next week. This, we finally were past Janice. <laughs> Janice is Janice has escaped. Yeah, well, she's, well not really. <laughs> uh, but next, we uh, have him talking about alcoholism. 
Uh, uh, yes, more. Uh, boy, this is dark. Even when we get off the murder, it's <laughs> the whole thing is dark, man. <laughs> That's what's weird. Is like I never thought that until he died and went back and looked at the, you know, what a lot of the tracks were and everything. Right. Um. But yeah, uh, alcoholism, another dark topic that he puts kind of a hilarious spin on. <laughs> I know this grimness. <laughs> Although my buddy, I did want to say one thing about my buddy, Richie, who has a disease. And, uh, but it's, it's an interesting disease he has. He has the disease of alcoholism, alcoholism. And uh, he came to me, you know, and he told me. And uh, I like to look, I'm a kind of guy who likes to look at the bright side of things, you know. So I, I told him, I said, Richie, it's true that you have a disease and everything, but I think you got the best one. The only disease where you get to drink booze all the time. I, I haven't looked at every medical journal, but I believe it's the only disease where you can constantly drink booze. As a matter of fact, that is the disease. <laughs> and this is what Norm is great at. And uh, the other two I always point to are Louie and Burr are great at this where they're like Louie and Burr will say something that like has the audience offended immediately and then kind of works their way out of it by making points and jokes where you're kind of like, Oh wow. I get what he's saying. Norm's almost the opposite of that where he kind of presents it as like, Hey, it is a disease, but it's the best one. It's <laughs> almost like the reverse of what Louie does Yeah, where Norm almost makes you think he's on, you're on his side <laughs> and what he's actually doing you is kind of convincing you that alcoholism while terrible, isn't necessarily a disease. It's not the same as cancer as he gets into. Right. And I don't know, I don't know if it's in the clips, but when he's uh, explaining how the disease works and he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone like, Oh, I'm going through all this pain and all this stuff. And he goes, yeah, I get happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes it easier to socialize. <laughs> but like, I, you know, if he if he walked out and was like, you know, alcoholism is not a disease, by the way, people would be like, there are people, I should say, that would be like, oh, fuck you and immediately turned off. Right. Whereas he's able to do it in a way that almost lulls you into agreeing with him without realizing it. Right. Right. But I uh, hear he's talking about AA. All right. We are cruising through these way faster than I thought, by the way. Oh, good. Uh, here we go. Seem to be anonymous about from the way I can gather it is they won't tell you their last names. Anything else goes, you know, but uh, not the last name. I don't know. Sometimes they'll say the first, like they'll go, I am Richie and I am an alcoholic. Or the first initial. They'll say, I, my name is Richie K and I am an alcoholic. Then anything goes. They're like, ah, one time I, uh, <laughs> I remember I was under the influence of the demon rum and, uh, <laughs> I got, I started uh, punching my newborn in the face. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, was, I looked down at my fist and it was all bloody with, uh, I don't know what it was. It was either from my knuckles or my son's skull. Yeah. I'm not telling you my last name. That's, that's none of your beeswax. As far as I'm concerned, a man should have a little, you know. Did I ever tell you about the time I blew a dog for a pint of gin? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did, I did tell you. 
first initial is K. I'll give you that much. <laughs> Richie K, but I'm not going to tell you the last letters. Plus, you can memorize my face. But other than that, <laughs> I'd like to keep this completely anonymous. If there was just a way I could... <laughs> It's so brilliant because like AA has helped a ton of people and I'm sure it's a great thing uh, for so many people out there. And yet when put like that, you're like, boy, they're like tricking you into confessing to shit. (laughs) When put that simply, you're like, oh yeah, maybe it's not a great idea to just reveal all your secrets to a room full of strangers. I don't know why, but every time I hear him say newborns or my son's skull, it's like the funniest (laughs) thing I've ever heard in my life. I see. I I like the part where it's just like, I'll give you my last initial. Like, I'm not going to give you all the breadcrumbs. <laughs> Remember my face. <laughs> I'll give you my last initial. It's K, but <laughs> I think a man deserves certain anonymity. Um, uh, next, we have him uh, talking about the designated driver. Also uh, a scam. Now, this is one where it's like, yeah, everyone was already on board, but he really hammers it home. <laughs> But I don't drink myself, you know. It's not because I'm no big guy. I'm just afraid, you know. I fear everything, you know. And uh, so I, I'm afraid to and stuff. But um, I used to. And now I don't drink. And when you're with people that drink, it doesn't it doesn't work out. That's why that designated driver thing, I don't think ever worked out. I see ads for it again. Like, I think they're trying to resurrect that idea. But it's kind of a flawed notion, you know. It's like, hey, Bill, listen. We were wondering if you'd come out with us. Here's the idea. (laughs) We want to go out and drink. And then we were hoping you'd come with us and not drink. (laughs) How's that sound to you? We're going to go to a bunch of different bars and drink, and then you come with us and not drink. (laughs) Also, we're not going to be driving. You're going to pick us up at our different houses. Go to a bunch of bars, not drink while we drink, and then drive us all home. How's that sound to you? How's, how's that catch you? That's like, I don't know. What's the catch? It sounds too good. <laughs> it really was. That's what you were doing every time. So you made someone be a designated driver. Because like even like in college, I remember like, oh, well, this person doesn't drink, so they probably wouldn't mind. It's like, oh, it's still a chore to deal with drunks. <laughs> right. And you better offer your car and gas. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, we're going to move on to uh, penis size. <laughs> okay, yes. I tried to get every, I think I got pretty much every subject that he hits on Definitely. in this special. Definitely. Um, but yeah, this is uh, another tremendous uh, observation. And th- again, there are some that are like, oh, that's a great observation that no one's ever had. There are some that a million people have had this observation, but no one's put it as, uh, well, for the sake of this bit, I'll say poetically as Norm <laughs> does. You know, I was really, you know, I was really proud of their sex. You ever hear guys with small cocks talk about it? Small, small cocks. cock guys, them guys. Holy Lord. <laughs> talk about it enough. They even got poems. You know, they'll say, ah, it's not the motion of the ocean, it's the boat of the lotion. I don't know. I don't know the, I don't memorize the poems, but I've even heard variants of the same poems. Like, it's not that tree of the size, it's the axe that you wax with. I don't know. But, uh, 
it's, it's a little subgenre of poetry now that's taught in many of our finer institutions. <laughs> Turns out, guys, with small cocks, nothing they like love more than just spouting free verse at home about their... <laughs> and the... <laughs> The subtext of every one of these beautiful poems is uh, it doesn't matter how big your cock is, it's what you do with it. You know? Like the guy with the giant cock would have no clue. You know, how would... How would he possibly know? It's like, what do you do? You put it in and then you... you I'm stomped out on it. It's ironic, everyone wants my giant cock, but I don't think I'll ever solve this rubric. I don't know. I... Rubric. <laughs> Only it was smaller and easier to maneuver. I, I can't I can't figure it out. <laughs> so so like, so again, like I said, uh, an observation a bunch of people have made, but he's able to put it in such a way that still makes it hilarious. Like that's what's impressive about some of those observations. It's like you'd think, what more could be said about that? Uh, you know, kind of like we've said about um, Louis having airplane jokes. It's like that was thought of as hack, and then Louis did something with it that was just totally different than has ever been done. It's like, I think Norm has an ability to say something about a subject that's been commented on in a way that has never been said really, which is what makes him stand out. Exactly. Uh, next we have a moving on to tiger woods, which is kind of, oh, on the this same. A, I mean, this was a huge, uh, item at the time I was in, uh, I was in college when tiger woods got caught cheating. And it's so funny. Norm's perspective on it is so funny. Because I remember kind of doing this. I was a young guy, and I was a a nerd that was into, like, sports talk radio and all this stuff. So I was listening to these, you know, bores, these stiffs that I admired, <laughs> um, talking about how wrong it was, how, how Tiger had tricked us, uh, you know, philandering with all these women. He was something, he was representing something, you know, sold us a bill of goods. He was living a lie of some kind. And I remember my you know, the 18 year old self or whatever I was when Tiger got caught being like, yeah, like, yeah, fuck him. Like that. He's a, he's a pig. And then as I got older, I kind of gained the perspective of like, Oh yeah, he's a rich, famous athlete. Like this all kind of makes sense now. Why? Yeah. If you, <laughs> why was I, why was I so shocked by the Tiger Woods scandal? Also, if you went up to like Jose Marie Alathabal and said, Hey, the secret to winning all the majors you could ever dream of is hidden in horse pussy. He would be at Shoney's the next day doing the exact same thing. <laughs> well, I suppose. Sure. But uh, <laughs> Norm, Norm uh, comments on this in a perfect fashion. It was funny at the time it happened. I, I mean, you, you know, you get so like uh, naive about things. You know what I mean? Like, like I remember I was like outraged and everything. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. You know, like I don't know what I thought his life was, but I remember at the time going, "What? I don't believe you. Are you telling me? You are you trying to tell me that that guy is worth six billion? You're telling me that the world's greatest athlete over there, Tiger Woods? You're telling me." That, that that guy, that super handsome, charismatic dude, <laughs> likes to lie down with ladies. I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't buy that for one second. Doesn't make any sense. And then when it turned out to be true, I was all like outraged, like an idiot. You know, I was, I was like, ah. 
I don't like hypocrites. <laughs> I don't care for that. I, he always presented himself in public as a golfer. <laughs> I would see him on TV be hitting a golf ball and shit, and a golf ball would get near the hole. That's what I thought. <laughs> Always leading some kind of double life where he was golfing by day and laying down with ladies at the night. If I'd known that, I never would have bought the fucking Buick in the first place. You know? <laughs> so, so, saying he represents himself as a golfer is such a funny twist in that bit. Because mm-hmm. that was the thing with Tiger at the time, is everyone would say, like, oh, he represented himself as a family man. He was posing as a family man. And you kind of realize it's like, Oh, no, he was a golfer. Yes, he was married. But is any married guy that's cheating on his wife get onto a microphone and be like, well, yeah, yes, but I'm not loyal. I'm not a loyal husband. <laughs> I'm not a loyal um, guy. What am I? I mean, listen, I'm on the road. I'm worth a lot of money. And I like to fuck. What do you think I do? I only wear my, <laughs> yeah, I only wear my wedding ring in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, he wasn't representing himself as a philanderer. He was representing himself as a golfer. He liked, That's such a perfect way to put it. He liked that money from Gatorade and Nike so much. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it really was the the perfect commentary on that because people were so outraged about Tiger. And when you look back at it, it's like, yeah, the the volume of women that came forward was surprising. Uh, well, not, I can't even say surprising, but it was a lot of women that came forward. But it was all consensual. Or there mm-hmm. was no like, it should have just been an issue with T- Tiger's wife. Like she, she had every right to be pissed. She had every but right to take a nine iron to his head. Yeah. You know, me in at, at Westfield state at the time shouldn't have been like tiger. How could you do this? You let me down. <laughs> Not you tiger. Anyone but you, your, your image. <laughs> um, yeah. I wouldn't have bought, by the way, also I wouldn't have bought the Buick is a great line. I know. Because like the idea, like oh, like well, you shouldn't be buying a car because Tiger Woods says he drives it. You know, <laughs> I've always found that that part of advertising fascinating. <laughs> like, it's interesting. I mean, sure, there's no, there's no. Listen, if Norm said I always, you know, wear whatever brand of watch or something, if I was watch shopping, my my eye might be drawn to that. I'll I'll admit, I would at least a, look at them. For sure. I'd certainly look at him. Yeah. Cause yeah. my guy Norm has talked about him or whoever. So I do get that. But yeah, it is a weird thing in us where we're like, oh, Tiger drives a Buick. I should too. <laughs> You're like, you know what? Bukes are actually kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> we're getting into the portion of the show where we realize why Norm's in San Fran. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. We're, we really flew through. Yeah, this. we have three clips. Um, we have three clips left. One is three minutes long, but so there's still so time. <laughs> I actually I think I played this in the uh, Dennis Miller episode with uh, with Kirk, I believe, where the first time I heard this, um, he he was in uh, he was on Dennis Miller's show mm-hmm. and Dennis asked him, uh, I think just like. What have you been up to lately? And he launches into this bit exactly. And I remember when I first discovered Opie and Anthony, it was uh, when I would download shit on LimeWire. You remember LimeWire? Sure do. Or or FrostWire, whatever it was at the time. Kazaa. Yeah, one of those. Mm -hmm. I would download old radio segments because I was a dork when I was 14. (laughs) And I remember I liked, when I was a kid, I liked Frank Caliendo. And so I was looking for Frank Caliendo stuff on there and up came an appearance of Frank Caliendo on Opie and Anthony. 
And I guess Caliendo did like a Norm impression. So they were talking about Norm. And then they play this bit from Dennis Miller. And like at that moment, I was like, oh, fuck uh, Caliendo. Let me find some Norm shit because this is hilarious. <laughs> but this is uh, he was doing that in the you know early 2000s, late 90s, whatever it was. Um, and he kind of did this bit on Dennis Miller. And then he, he crafted it over time because he didn't release any material in the, you know, 11 years in between or whatever. And uh, here is the, the culmination of that. They're equally proud, by the way. They're just as proud as uh, straight people. They're talking about it. As a matter of fact, every fucking. year they got, they, they're so proud they have a parade for it. It's called the Gay Pride Parade. And uh, it's an odd thing to me because I'll tell you something. When I was a boy, you know, and I'm older than you fellas, but when I was when I was when I was uh, six years of age, I remember my dad showing me on the television there was a parade because Neil Armstrong and the boys why they had gone to the moon. <laughs> they here man had touched the <laughs> the satellite that that whirls around Earth, whirling cinder, and then they came back. Now, they had a parade for them. My dad had me watching on his little Philco TV that he kept uh, in the kitchen, and uh, he, he said, I remember he said, watch this, son, you know, and Neil Armstrong and the boys were going down, ticker tape, Fifth Avenue. It was like a very majestic moment. Now, this is how parades have, in my mind, devolved a little. <laughs> Now it's a bunch of guys who like sucking and fucking each other. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about where if he just said, you know, I'm not a big fan of the gay pride parade, people would think it was like some homophobic argument he was launching into. But Norm has a way of just with logic showing you like, hey, you know who else they had a pride for, uh, uh, a parade for was people that went to the moon. <laughs> like when, they, when the fellas got back from the moon, they had a parade and now we're just like, oh, they enjoy sucking and fucking. So <laughs> this is a lot of this is what um, he was saying to Dennis Miller years ago. But there is one very touching moment because a guy took me to this gay pride parade and the most touching moment makes you cry is there's the parents of the adult gay uh, children and they're holding like uh, signs and stuff, you know, and. It's the most moving uh, part of it. And, uh, well, first of all, they're not dancing around in leather and shit. And, uh, <laughs> but you see them, and some of these guys are old fellows, you could tell, you know, are in Korea and stuff, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so, and they, and they carry signs that say, you know, I am proud that my son is gay, you know? And it's so beautiful, but I still... I, I think they're choosing the wrong words, because pride, again, I don't, you know... I like it. there's a difference between accepting and loving and everything like that, but uh, you know, I don't think anybody's bragging about it down at work or anything. You know? <laughs> he goes, hey guys, come over here, man. I want to tell you something about my youngest son, Bill McCleskey. Get over here. Talk about Bill. We're so proud of him. He, uh, he graduated Harvard this year, top of his class. Gonna be a lawyer. What do you think of that, huh? You can use a McCluskey next time you get in trouble. Ah, my son. None of us McPhersons ever graduated the fifth grade. We're all just a bunch of chunks of coal, but ah, it's all gonna change now. <laughs> Our young son, Bill. Tell you something else we're proud of him for. He. <laughs> 
was on a junior varsity basketball team. And uh, in a span of seven games, he had four triple doubles to end the season. What do you think of that, huh? Unbelievable. Also loves cock. <laughs> in his mouth, up his ass. This kid, he doesn't care. I don't know how he does it. I can't do it myself. Bill. Can't be a lawyer. I got a picture. I was going to be articling in uh, Greenwich next year. There he is. He's graduated. That's the, his graduation picture. Look at that, huh? With his robes there and the mortar board. And, you know, look at It's that hat, McCluskey ignorant bastard. They call it that. <laughs> look at him there, huh? What a picture. You can't see it in the picture, but he's got eight cocks wedged up his ass. <laughs> and of course, you can see the fine spray of jizz arcing over his tongue as he greedily laps it up. Well, well. I feel so much pride when I see that picture. Pride is the thing that I most feel. <laughs> Greedily laps it up. <laughs> it's uh, greedily. <laughs> it's such a funny word there. But what's brilliant about that is like, you know, it, that could be done in the wrong hands. That could come off as a some sort of homophobic tyrant. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, like, and, and I, I mean, there are like good comedians out there that could have made it sound bad. But Norm makes it very clear. He's talking about the word pride. His issue is with the phrasing. Where it's like pride is what you feel. This is, you know, people sucking each other's cocks. Why, why would you feel pride about that in one way or another? It doesn't make any sense. It's such a funny to to take that subject and make it purely about language, about the language you're use, choosing to use is so brilliant and so perfectly done. Um, and uh, he, uh, uh, on, on Dennis Miller, it was also very funny. And because I knew of that from a decade before this special came out, um, I assumed that was his closer. Even like, I kind of forgot like going back and pulling clips for this. I kind of thought of that as the closer. And I forget he has a weird moment where he's like, Oh, I love being in San Francisco. And he says something to the effect of like, I can't we in LA. We can't wait to get your football team, which is almost kind of a weird moment. It was kind of like a half-assed joke. It was a little, and you're like, Oh, is normal. How does he end this? I forget. And then what's crazy about this is, and maybe he knew enough that like, based on his reputation, someone would yell out about OJ at some point. Yeah. I mean, maybe not necessarily even that it would be his closer, but he just knew he would get this at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but someone in the crowd yells out, how's OJ? Yep. And he launches into this material, which is great that he just ends with. Yeah, if you uh, if you listen to uh, the bonus episode, the if I did it, I actually referred to this during that because it's just perfect. Oh, good call, by the way. I, I forgot to say it, but uh, the latest bonus episode, I think when you're hearing this, the latest bonus episode uh, will be we did Opie and Anthony covering uh, O.J. Simpson's book, If I Did It, uh, featuring Louis C.K., which is a wild segment uh, if you think about what exactly they're talking about, it's crazy that that exists. <laughs> so sure if that is. interests you, go check it out for uh, Patreon and YouTube members if you want to check that out. But 
uh, here we are, the closer of me doing stand-up. I, as much as I was indignant about his uh, acquittal, I'm equally indignant about his, uh, his uh, going to prison for stealing his uh, fucking own shirts. <laughs> I don't think that's fair. I don't think if you steal your own shirts, you should get 35 consecutive life sentences. <laughs> it doesn't seem fair to me at all. And now he's probably saying, I wish I got fucking, uh, you know, I wish I was put up for the other crime. Because here's the thing. In prison, they have a pecking order. (laughs) Now, in the pecking order, one of the top people on the pecking order are the double murderers. (laughs) They're way up high. Very well-respected members of the... uh, of the old gray bar, you know, community. But guys who steal their own shirts, they're at the lowest of on the pecking order. And the pecking order involves a lot of ass fucking, basically. And uh, so I feel sorry for OJ, because I'm sure he's going, wait, I fucking killed two fucking people. <laughs> I killed a waiter and my wife savagely. And they're like, we saw the fucking trial. If the glove don't fit, you can't acquit. You stole a jersey and nothing more, and I get your fucking ass over here. <laughs> I have to fuck it. No. <laughs> Folks, I love you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Unbelievable. And first of all, it's so fitting that uh, given all the stuff, the tie in between him and OJ over the years, the fact that he essentially lost his job for making fun of OJ, it's perfect that his first comedy special ends with jokes about OJ. Um, but also to just have that in the holster. And like, I guess if that guy doesn't yell, how's OJ? It's just not on the special. I guess not, unless it was a plant. Like that's what's crazy about that. Could have been a plant, I guess, but he seems above doing that. I don't see Norm doing that. I'd be very surprised. It could be crowd work that they were just able to edit it so that it seemed like the last bit or whatever. I don't know if they did. They pulled it off perfectly, but uh, yeah, pretty pretty crazy <laughs> that he was able to close with uh, the OJ stuff that seems like it was set up by uh, just a heckler, basically, or a fan. Yeah, I also uh, love that. Besides, like the thank yous. The last thing yeah. he says on his special is, get your ass over here. I need to fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Referring to OJ. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, it's just so funny. Yeah. Uh, so I almost included, because we always try to shoehorn Norm, Norm into the episodes. I almost shoehorned Norm into his own episode by ending with a bit about the Fantastic Four that I love. But I decided I wanted to see, I think that's from an album with like sketches like that. Kind of like the albums that Adam Sandler put out in the nineties mm-hmm. where it's essentially an album of like audio sketches he has a brilliant bit about the fantastic four, but I thought maybe that's an album worth an episode or at the very least a bonus episode or something. Um, so I decided not to include it. So that's where we're wrapping up today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, as I always say, I hope these are a fun either walk down memory lane or now you check out more of Norm's stuff. Uh, if you haven't already, I imagine anyone watching this program has uh, seen plenty of Norm, but, you know, you never know. So um, go do that. Support the show if you like it. If you like more episodes like this, if you think of ideas we haven't covered through the first hundred episodes, then uh, let us know. 
And um, you can do that on, you know, Twitter or Patreon or whatever. If you want to subscribe to the Patreon, go to blindmike.net. We appreciate your support there. You can become a YouTube member as well. Or if you want to support the show for free, go to blindmike.net where you can find the show on Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Join the YouTube, subscribe so you always know when we post our episodes every Thursday. Um, And uh, that's it. Support the show however you see fit. We appreciate it, guys. And uh, you can also support Craig at verygoodshow.org. So... Make sure you do that as well to support. Um, you're being called Craigers now. You've chosen that as a nickname, I understand. Uh, so you know what's funny is someone at work calls me that. So now I'm just hearing it everywhere. It is funny. That's a hilarious. <laughs> you know, after watching Norm, I think that's what people are going to find funny in this episode. It's Craig's Craigers uh, anecdote. I don't, I don't. I was just commenting on it. I was like ready to be like, all right, thanks for the plug. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So go do that. Support the boys. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next time on Why Are You Laughing? Zip it up and zip it out. Yeah.